Hello and welcome to Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I'm your host, Jordan Prince, and I am riding solo this week because Mo and I have had the craziest schedules. It's been a really wild time because for those who don't know, we are currently transitioning this show into not only the audio experience that you're used to, but also we're expanding into video, which is a pretty big, you know, undertaking and it's pretty cool. It's really fun, but it's a lot. It's a lot of prep and a lot of work. And this week we've really, you know, put put the hours in, especially Mo, to um, get our first episode recorded. And hopefully we're looking at getting that ready for next week, you know, With all this stuff being so new, it could be that things change. It could be that we have to push it again, but we're really trying not to. It's just a lot to prepare for. You know, we had to set up all new, um, all new social media channels for the podcast because for those who do follow us online, you know, until now it's only been like a pretty mild Instagram channel that just has you know some clips, some audio teasers, and things like that. But now the whole game is changing. I mean, now we're going to have, you know, a fresh intro song courtesy of Tom Yanks. You should check out his album, Bloom the Grinds, because I'm featured on it. All right. Woohoo. And we're going to have a really, and we have a really great guest um, prepared for the very first video episode. Um, It was someone who wrote in to us. Um, from this post that we did asking if you know if there was people who wanted to be on the show. So that was cool. They came to us. We didn't have to uh, search around too much, and it turned out to be really great. And yeah, it's a whole new look. You know, we needed um, new photos. We needed new um, branding in a way. And now that we're going to have, you know, episodes and clips on YouTube and clips to share on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and, you know, all that jazz. It's just a lot of a lot of things to prepare for and plan out and having conversations with the boss and stuff at the station to make sure that everything's kind of in order with the cooperation that we have with M94.5. So, yeah, that's why, that's why Mo's not here and that's why I'm here alone. And it's cool because I also don't mind every once in a while having a solo episode. I think it's a good sort of a therapeutic venting process for me. I think it helps it helps me kind of guide myself through the things that are on my mind, you know, given the window of time. And the, and the first thing that I thought about this morning, I was I was in my apartment in our back room doing jump rope and I saw the first ray of sunlight in the city. That I had for the first one in, I don't know, six weeks. Every day I was waking up and I was sitting here at my desk looking at the looking at the sky and going, Oh great, another gray, cold day. You know, it's like, why even wake up? Why even get out of bed at all? But finally, there's a sun, there's a, a ray of sunlight. And my first thought when I was, when I saw that was, um, you know, it's, we had so much gray, cold, crappy weather in April. 
that I was uh, thinking, I wonder if someone, you know, it's almost like the the wish of some poor kidnapped kid who's like in a cave somewhere and was like, I just wish the West weather, the coldest, darkest weather in the whole world until I'm found. So in my mind, you know, the kid's found. So that's pretty cool. But that was my theory. I was like, it's only this dark and gloomy and awful because someone must have wished it upon us. You know, I can't, I'm so, I'm so angry at Germany having this monopoly on cold weather. It's like they think it's, it's like they think cold weather um, is another rule that they must apply to, to people like, ah, oh, but it is normal now that we get the late uh, winter in April. Um, you know, they have this saying that's like, you know, he, it's, it rhymes in German. Like, what is it? What is it? Like, er will was er will. Something like that. Like he'll, he'll, like he wants what he wants. He'll do what he wants to do. He'll do what he wants to do, basically. And yeah, it's just this, oh, this acceptance that it's that it's normal. And for me, it's so abnormal to be to you know to have like okay, there was a day two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. There was one day, one day, where it was really warm. And granted, we weren't inside Munich. We were um, closer to the Bodensee, and it was a hot day, and I was on this balcony with a t-shirt and shorts, and we sat outside all day, and I got sunburn on my pasty little face and my chubby chest, and it was great. It was so great. And then immediately following that, it snowed again. It snowed, I don't know, a foot or something. And I thought, that's cruel. It's like we're being punished for, you know, hoping for summer. Because, I don't know, with, with Corona, like, on top of all this, you know, it's, it's been so long now. But you have a winter in Germany that lasts, you know, 11 months of the year. And it's cruel. It's cruel. And they should um, invent some, like, Elon Musk should invent some sort of AI drone that goes out into the sky and sprinkles some sort of acidity into the clouds that pushes them apart and brings in sunlight. Because I'm, I'm sick of this. I, I did hear about um, his plan. Maybe it's not his plan, but I'm sure he's going to back it somehow. But something about like controlling the weather digitally. And this is a really popular conspiracy theory that they do this already, but that they might actually be able to put something into the sky to um, help against, like fight against global warming, which I think sounds exactly like a disaster film. <laughs> it sounds exactly like a movie where you see, you see someone like, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name from 300? Uh, uh, I got, okay, hold on, hold on. What's his name? Uh, 300 actor uh, name. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Gerard Butler. I knew it. I knew it. You see some film like with Gerard Butler. I think, I think there is a movie with Gerard Butler where he's, where there's like weather control. No. Let me see. IMDB Gerard Butler. I think there's a film where he does, there is like a, a, a weather controlling crap in the sky and it it causes issues is it greenland <gasps> is it greenland from 2020 
A family struggles for survival in the face of cataclysmic natural disaster. No, that's a natural disaster film. That's natural disaster. But there's another one. Geostorm. Geostorm. From 2017. I knew it. Ah, when the network of satellites designed to control the global climate starts to attack Earth. It's a race against the clock for its creator to uncover the real threat before a worldwide geostorm wipes out everything and everyone. Yes. How spot on was that? I don't, I, maybe I've seen it. Maybe I've seen it and it's stuck in my subconscious somewhere. But that fits so perfectly, right? If you think about people actually putting something into the sky, into the sky to control the weather, it would absolutely be someone like Gerard Butler that'd be like, I'll go to go out there. Uh, no, he's, well, what is he? Is he Irish? He's Irish, right? Let's see, where's Gerard Butler from? Where's Gerard Butler from? Paisley, United Kingdom. I thought he was, I thought he was, oh, he's Scottish. Scottish, okay. I'll go to go out there. And save the sky. <laughs> I've got to go out there and save the sky. Cause the geostorm's coming. The geostorm's gonna pour down a whole bunch of hail and, s- and rain upon us. And we don't have enough umbrellas. <laughs> don't you know the street drains are clogged? The street drains are clogged and we don't have a way for the rain to pour out. <laughs> oh man that's exactly what what i what i picture would happen um but i ha- oh man i have a story for you guys so the the ones who listen to this show enough will know that in let's see uh, january march in march i had this theoret the or jesus theoretical driving exam and i failed it and I failed it by a handful of points. And what the only thing that that kind of saved my um, utter disappointment in myself from that was that that's really common to fail the first one because it's tricky, it's confusing language, um, it's meant to like kind of trip you up. And just to be honest, I probably didn't study enough for it because I was too confident. I mean, I drove in America for, I don't know, 13 years. And then I come here and they're like, oh, we don't accept your, we don't accept your driver's license. You might as well just say that you've never had one. So then we gave this driving school basically all of our money to sit me into these 14 hour long theory lessons that are in German, and then when you finally do pay attention, like when you finally really focus and you try to catch on every word that they say, they're saying something like, yes, when you sit in the car, you must put on your seatbelt. And who who understands why you must put on your seatbelt? And then some poor kid raises his hand and he's like, um, because if you're going fast and you have an accident and you're not wearing your seatbelt, it could be bad for you. 
And they're like, yes, that's absolutely correct. You know, um, I don't know what it's like all over the world, but here in Germany, when you're going over exactly 30 kilometers per hour, it's actually quite dangerous for you to have a, um, a car accident because if you're not wearing your seatbelt, you could be propelled from the vehicle. It's not safe for you at um, moderately uh, quick speeds without a seatbelt. And I'm sitting there going, who is needing to explain in 2021 or 2020, whatever, why seatbelts are important. That shit was discovered and, and, dis and, and argued and pushed like 70 years ago. Like we understand, I don't even think about it. That's not a thing in my head. It's like, I'm in my car. It's all, it's clicked on before I even crank the engine. It's not, it's a motor skill. It's like a subconscious thing. It's not as if I have to go like, oh, gotta put on this seatbelt. I feel so restricted. You know, this just, it's like, if you're on some country road in some back backwards town in like Alabama, then yeah, probably there's going to be a couple of guys driving at like 20 miles an hour down the road from their house to their farm, not wearing a seatbelt, big whoopity do. But then here in the city, like that's just, it's just normal. So you can imagine I'm sitting in all these classes and they're talking about stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I even struggling to pay attention? It's stuff that I know. And then finally, I go take that first test in March, and I bombed it. I bombed it big time. And of course, I was disappointed, and Ify was disappointed, and yeah, I really wish that I would have passed it, because, and here comes the juicy part, I failed it again. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. And if, this, is, this is the part that makes me really, 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 really angry. Um, because I studied so much. You know, when I failed that first one, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was so embarrassed with myself. I was embarrassed in front of my partner. I was embarrassed in front of, like, even telling friends and family. I was like, yeah, I know I drove for, I don't know, half of my living life, but I failed uh, a really simple driving test that like 16-year-old girls are passing on the first try. And so I come to the second one. I'm approaching it. I'm two weeks out and I'm studying. No, even three weeks out, I was studying a lot, like really intensely. I was studying a lot. Every single day, you know, there's an app from the driving school and there's another app that's free that's just on the app store. And they both have like the literal exact questions from the exam. I thought, oh, this is great. Now, back when Ify was learning to drive, um, let's say that was like 15 years ago, it was a totally different game. The way that it worked when people of my generation, like between, I don't know, 29 and 35 or something like in that little realm there, or maybe even like, oh, God, I always focus too much on the small crap. You know, this is what ruins storytelling when I'm like, no, actually, I think it's more like 28 to 40. Like, anyway, it doesn't matter. In this range, there um, was a different system here. You would have, like, I think a total of about 300 questions. And you would just memorize these answers with flashcards the same way that you would memorize answers on a math test if you're not great at math or a history exam. You know, whatever. You have these flashcards You'd write things down with your friend, you know, you'd study together and like ask a question, call and response, blah, blah, blah. And it would work out great. The same thing that I did in high school for my exams. But now it's all different. Now on these apps, you have these different 
departments of different types of questions, and each department is easily over 150 questions. I know that two of them for sure are, are um, like 187 questions each, you know? So the total amount of questions that you have to know is somewhere closer to, closer to probably six or 700. And that's really hard to just memorize crap that, and the extra additional problem, why it's so hard to memorize is that a lot of the stuff doesn't really even seem totally logical. And there's a translation issue. You know, it's a German driving exam, so the apps that you're using are translated by, I'm guessing, a blind and deaf person, because some of the language doesn't make any sense at all. Any sense at all. I mean, there's one thing that really bothers me. There's a question that I've seen over and over and over and over and over, and I know the answer, and I know what they're trying to say, but it's the fact that it's translated so poorly that it confuses you upon first read. And it's something like when you go through a tunnel and you, um, you get to the end, like at, at the end of a traffic jam. Now, to anyone who normally speaks English, at, when you're at the end of something, it's finishing up. It's finishing now. It's done. You're at the end of a movie. The credits roll. You're at the end of a song. It's probably fading out. You're at the end of a wedding. Someone's throwing up on your shoes and someone's passed out naked in the garden. You're at the end of a funeral. People be drinking. You know, it's the, uh, it's the, at the end of something, things are over. But on this question, when you get to the end of a traffic jam, they mean when you, a, when you approach a traffic jam from, from the, from, when you approach it. When you're driving on the road and you see in front of you, oh, here's a traffic jam. That's not the end of a traffic jam. You're just getting into one. You know, there's, if that question isn't only for your car that gets up to the traffic jam. It's for the cars, like the 300th car behind you that approaches the traffic jam. Like you're just becoming part of a traffic jam. It's not like you're there and there's a traffic jam and you're just like, oh no, I don't want to be in that traffic jam. Like once you drive up and you're, and you're parked standing still, you're just a traffic jam also. You're just, it's like cells. It's like, or it's like droplets of water. And it's like droplets of water into the palm of your hand. When the water drips onto your fingers and down into the palm, it collects as one unit of water. Most people would call this a puddle. And when you are a drop of water approaching the traffic jam, you become one with it. You are a puddle. So it should say you're going through a tunnel and you are approaching a traffic jam. But it says you get to the end of one. And the first time I read that, I go, okay, they're going to ask, what do I do now that it's over with? Which is a weird question because normally you just continue on your path. But what they mean is, you're approaching one, so what do you do? And the weird thing, there's some things here too that I would never have thought are things that you're supposed to do. So it makes sense if you're in a tunnel here in Germany, and there's a car accident, and there's like fire, that you're like, I gotta get out of this tunnel. So then you leave through the emergency exit. Okay, that makes sense. But they also, they also want you to 
When you're sitting in a tunnel, just in a normal traffic jam, some of the questions encourage that you just get out of your car, leave the keys in the ignition, and go walk off. And for me, that doesn't make any sense at all. What's the urgency there? If there's like an emergency vehicle that needs to get through, you know, you can pull into these bays that they have or try and get out of the way, whatever. Leave the keys. I, I also understand their logic of like, if there's an emergency, you should leave your keys there when you get out of the way so that emergency personnel can move your car. Also fine. Also fine. But there's just some things, there's just some logic that doesn't make sense to me. And there is, there's one, um, for this test that I just missed again, I failed it by one point. One point. And that's really frustrating because, and you know, I felt like such an idiot because ah, I was sitting there I was sitting there, my heart was pounding. I was like, you can't fail this again. You can't fail this again. Don't, like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're not going to fail this. You're not going to mess it up. It's all good. You've been studying a lot. And I did. I saw every question. I studied so much. I studied so much. And I was passing these practice tests over and over and over. I was like, all right, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And the first question comes up, and it was a question that I had seen even the same day, because I studied for like six hours the, the day of the test. I studied from like 8.30 in the morning until the test at, that was like at four. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, and then I told myself in my brain, you know that one 100%. And I said, yeah, I know that one 100%. And I clicked it. The next question came and I just saw that the same day and I went, I know that 100%. Like, yeah, I know that 100%. Click. And that continued on. And I kept going. And for those who don't know, in these German theoretical tests, it's broken up into two parts. It's about 30 questions total. And there's, let's say, 15-ish to 20-ish in the first department, which is like just general, like, you know, general over, 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 what is it? Not oversight, like overall, like just general overall questions about driving, you know. And then the second part is really specific to the license you're getting because maybe you're getting like just a motorcycle license. Maybe you're getting, you know, whatever, a boating license. Maybe you're getting a a, a jet license, but this is just for your car. So they're a little bit trickier and they have questions where you have to know math. And I think any Americans listening to this are, are going to freak out because I think it's really ridiculous that Germany expects people to be able to, to do this kind of garbage math when they're driving. But in the complicated one, they're going to, they ask questions like, um, they ask questions like, okay, you're driving 50 kilometers an hour and you have a reaction time of one second. What is the estimated braking distance required? So then you think like, well, I don't know if I'm driving 50 kilometers an hour and depends how much time I have to stop. Maybe they should ask me more. Maybe maybe they should ask like, what would I do in this case? You know, do I do I try to counter steer? You know, is it is it a wet road? You know, um, can I see like you know one or two cars distance ahead of me? You know, but they say that, but it's math, and then they expect you to know. They expect you to know that you do this. You go 50 kilometers an hour divided by 10 
times 50 kilometers an hour divided by 10, and that would be 25. And then if you if you're doing like your react and then your reaction time is 50 kilometers an hour divided by 10 times 3. So that's 15. So if you have your if you have your braking distance of 25 meters and you have your reaction time of 15 meters, then your overall braking distance required is 40 meters because you add 25 and 15 together. They expect you to know that. And I memorized it because I knew that that was going to trip me up. Because for me, it's so illogical to expect that someone's driving on the road and they're going to go, oh no, I'm 41 kilometers an hour, exactly, and I have 10 meters until the stop sign. Um, Do I proceed or not? You know, it's just instinctual. Either you practice driving and you get that down or you don't. And if you practice it and then you screw it up in the test, then they don't give you a license yet. But the knowing this, this technical theory... I even, you know, I did all my driving lessons too. I had to drive around with this German guy and who was very nice. In case he's listening, I really enjoy, you know, I enjoyed the lessons and everything, but I, we both know that that wasn't necessary for me. And he told me several times, like, you know, if I could give you the keys to my family car, I would trust you to drive my own children around. He was like, you don't have an issue driving. That's the only, like, you can drive, clearly. The first day we got in the car, he was like, oh, (laughs) this is dumb. Like, you shouldn't be here. And I was like, I know. And even he, when I started complaining about these questions from the apps to him, he was like, yeah, you know, this is just bullshit German stuff. You know, even he sees it. He's like, you know, he's in the German driving industry. And he sees it. You know, he sees it from the inside. He's like, this is just bullshit technical he's like this is classic germany you know and i was like yeah it is man he's like it's too technical for someone to for germany to expect that people driving can do that kind of math when they need that one second of reaction time to make a decision not to do math in their head and he's like you know but it's just it's meant for these young kids who are like 16 and 17 and they you know, they've never driven before and it's just to give them like a rule of, they call it the rule of thumb. They give that to them to, you know, base their decision-making off of. Which is really also intense. For, to imagine being 17 and you're like, but what if, I'm, what if I'm over 50 kilometers an hour then I have to do the math and it's more complicated? The easiest thing about it when you're on the Autobahn is that they have these, um, you know, these black road markings on the railings and you can say to yourself, oh, I need to be too apart from the car in front of me to be safe in emergency braking situation. Like there's one black bar and there's two and there's the car. Cool. I'm good to go. You know, that's an easy rule of thumb. That should be the rule of thumb. How many black bars on the guardrail should you be separated from the car in front of you? Two. Next question. Not 50 divided by 100 over the square root of 37 minus 42. That's not the kind of, that's not what driving is. (laughs) Uh, And so, so now we're at the question now we're at the question that um that I missed because the blind deaf and mute person translated the questions into into English and also um Germany made up something that's not on a car so there's this question So in Germany, they call every railroad crossing, like when you approach a train railing, like in um, 
Yeah. When you approach one, they call it a St. Andrew's Cross. And I can't really seem to find a reason why. I cannot seem to find that. That's just an that's just a side note on this journey I'm taking you on. There's no reason why they call it a St. Andrew's Cross. Someone just thought that was, you know, someone just thought that was cool. Maybe they just, it's just a saint because every every damn thing in Munich is a Catholic saint. I don't know. So a railroad crossing. You approach one. And the question is, you're approaching a St. Andrew's cross. Where do you wait? Do you wait directly in front of the falling, you know, protective arm railing? No. Do you wait at the stop line so as to not block the junction? Yes. Yes, you do. Very simple answer for me. Third option was, if it's dark, do you put on your side lights? Side lights. Side lights. Now, let me think about that. There's my main beam headlights. There's my dipped headlights for driving in your, you have a see an oncoming car. You don't want to blind them. There's your hazard lights. There's your blinkers. There's your, you know, reverse light, your brake light, and your rear fog lamp light. A lot of lamps on a car, no side light. And I saw that and I went, oh, you know what that is? This, they're, they're making up a term so that some newbie, some teenager who uh, didn't study near as much as I did, can look at that and can go, uh, oh, maybe there is a side light. Maybe that's what they, oh, maybe that's, maybe it's something, if it's dark, maybe I should put a side light on. And just to trip them up. But really the answer is very clear. You park at the stop line so as to not block the junction. Next question. So I went on, and here I am, right? Test is over. It's calculating everything. And I look at the screen, and it says, view test results. So I sit there, and I look, I look to my right, and there's um, this Indian kid, and he's sweating. Man, is he sweating. Running his hands over and over through his hair. He's shifting in his seat. He's breathing really loud. I think, oh, that poor bastard. He doesn't have near... I thought to myself, oh, man, what an amateur. Didn't study like I did. I definitely got a 100% on this. They're going to give me a medal or something. They're going to give me a car. I looked to my left. Young guy, also a little nervous, but I think, oh, you know what? I think this one's going to pass. I don't know about that dude on the right. He's... He looks like he owes somebody money, but on the left here, I think he's going to be all right. He's just, he might miss one or two. You can miss up to 10 points and they're all, each question counts. Basically, it's like they rolled dice and was like, that one's going to, that one's going to be worth eight points. Let's roll the dice on this one. Oh, that one's going to be worth 11 points. That one, that's going to be worth one point. It's about life and death though. It's really important. One point. Okay. So I'm there thinking, man. I got 100% on this. I'm so proud of myself. I thought to myself, I can't wait. I can't wait to call my wife and tell her I got a 100%. She's going to be so happy. 
I'm going to be so happy. I said to myself, I said it in my, I said this in my brain. I said, today's going to be a good day. I said that. I thought, I can't believe I got a perfect score. That's how confident I was. And then I pressed view test results. And I saw this ocean of green, which means correct answers. Ocean of green. It was so green, it looked like a green light at an intersection. It was so green, it hurt. It looked like money. And like a, like a, like a prairie, just a rolling, the rolling hillsides with farm cows munching on grass and farting and killing the ozone. It was a beautiful green rolling hill. And then there were two itsy bitsy little red spots. And then at the top of the exam, it said failed. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me, dude. And I went over to the question. First, I gasped. And I went, this has got to be some kind of mistake. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Look at all this green. Look at all this green. Look how good it is. I looked at the last 10 questions, which are all this complicated, oh, 50 kilometers divided by 40 meters over the time, the square root of the 110% of the, the double time when you're carrying a baby and you have to run into a fire and you have to carry this math inside your head. I did. I got all those right. I got every single one of those right. I got every single one of those right. Every single one of the hard ones for my license. The, the crappy math, the crazy, what do you do in this situation when you have to do this instead of doing math? I got it right. The question that I got wrong, that was worth seven points, was when you're approaching a St. Andrew's Cross, where do you park your car? Is it directly in front of the beam? Is it at the stop line so as to not block the junction? If it's dark outside, do you put on your side lights? And I clicked one of the two possibly correct answers. The one that I selected that was correct was to wait at the stop line. The one that I did not click, which cost me seven points, didn't even give me half point on it. It was like, you got everything wrong. That's such a German. That's such a German. (sighs) Such a German way to look at it. Should have at least given me three and a half points for that. And then I would have passed the test, by the way, if I would have gotten half points for that. They said, you got the entire question wrong because you did not know to put on your side lights if it's dark. And I went, what the hell is a sidelight? And I, and I couldn't help my breath in the moment. I went, you got to be kidding me. I was like, I mean, everyone knew that I failed around. Like the five people in the circle around me knew. You know, I couldn't believe it that I did it again. And the other question that I missed, check this out. It was a video question. You're in a car and you're approaching an intersection. And you, your blinker's turning right, so clearly you're going to go to the right. In the video, and for those who um, don't drive in Europe, this next part is very common here. There's bike lanes on the right side, and sometimes bikers don't use it. Sometimes they drive on the road. And in the video, as you're approaching the red light, in your side mirror on the right side, a cyclist is driving up 
right next to you and enters your blind spot. And then the, the video turns green and you start entering into the turn and it stops. Pulling up to an intersection, cyclist enters your blind spot and you start entering the turn. And the question is, what should you watch out for? And I went, hmm, well, I see that on my right, there's a cyclist. In front of me, the driver is going straight. And there are no visible pedestrians at the opposing side, like where we would turn, where I would turn. There's no, no one waiting there. And I went, okay, well, I'm going to look to make sure again that there's no pedestrian. And I'm going to look at the question. And it was like, what should you look out for? One the cyclist to the green truck at the opposite side, which was, you know, just obviously to have a third option. It was like some, like way over on the other side of the intersection, some green truck was turning. So completely out of your need of attention. And third was the car in front of you. And so then I really thought about it logically. And I was like, well, you know, this isn't the first five questions. So this is like really one of those easy ones that everyone knows. That's like the basics. And I thought, well, obviously this is just trying to get people to, to notice that the cyclist, this is making sure that you're, you're watching the video two or three times, right? They want you to like watch it, make sure you catch that little glimpse of a cyclist in your mirror. And they go like, you know what? He's paying attention. Yes, that bike, that biker is in your blind spot, and we don't want you to, to miss that in the in real life because that's that happens a lot here. So I clicked it, the cyclist, and I thought, okay, well, n- not the green truck, and yeah, not the car in front of me because he's just going straight, and my attention needs to be on the right where the cyclist is. Cool. Oh, that's easy. Click. I know this one hundred percent. Click next. Went through the whole test, and that was worth four points. Because I, because one answer I got right again, which was the cyclist, and the part two that I missed, not the half point, but the whole question was wrong because I didn't watch out for the car in front of me. (sighs) I've been driving for so long. Nobody has to be at a red light turning right as the car in front of you carries on ahead straight and you have to you don't have to watch him after he's left your driving lane you do not have to be turning right get into your lane where you're driving where you have the path you have the choice now you have to pay attention to that cyclist and make sure there's no pedestrians you do not have to sit there and wonder if that guy driving straight is gonna i don't know have a flat tire if he's gonna go to mcdonald's you don't have to be like i wonder where he's going he's going kind of slow you think he's a student driver oh i wonder if he's gonna go to the movies oh i wonder what he's gonna watch i wonder if he's gonna watch most promising woman i wonder if he thinks that's worth the oscar nomination this year i wonder if he's gonna watch the oscars online i wonder what it's gonna be like to have the oscars on the on 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 zoom this year (laughs) you don't have to do that shit it's ridiculous and i missed the whole question because of that i missed the whole thing because i didn't know what side lights were because they're not real and then i didn't watch the car in front of me which you don't have to do and the other ones were oh 100 correct And the day gets better, guys, because then after I failed and embarrassingly grabbed my 
um, sheet from the guy who gave me my sheet like you failed a math test where he flips it over blank side up and looks at you like, come see me after class. I took it, went outside, called Ify, broke the bad news, which sucks because she answered with like, hello? And then I had to answer with like two questions. <laughs> two questions failed me. The seven and the four cost me 11 points and you need to have 10, 10 and under to pass. So you can see the rage building inside me at this point. So I told her, now I have to go back to the driving school, which is all the way across town, and I'm on my bike, and I've got to go there, and I've got to pay another 120 euros for a third time, in addition to the thousands we've given them for this, these dumb lessons. I've got to go back there again and spend money and be angry. And she said, okay. Get there, do your thing, come home, we'll talk about it. I said, all right, cool. So I hung up, put my jacket on, get on my bike, and it starts pouring rain. Yes, you guessed it right. And I'll give you half points if you guessed that it thundered <laughs> instead. It becomes, it's like a tsunami. It's like, it's like the flood scene in Jumanji with Robin Williams where the house fills up to the paintings on the wall and he gets, he gets soared out of the house on like a, like a chest of drawers and he gets filled out and this seagull takes the game. It was like that. And like just a flooding, like a flash flood. I was on my bike. I did not have a rainproof jacket on. I had jeans on as well. and. Once I finally, after a 30-minute bike ride in soaking, pouring rain, got to the school, I realized when I entered the building that my backpack had fallen open. And not only was my laptop in there, but my notebook was in there, my USB charger, my USB, whatever, my drive was in there, and my phone charger was in there. Now, I can't be too angry about that. Not saying I'm not. Not saying I'm not angry. I'm not saying that I'm not totally angry, but I can't be at full rage because those things work. Somehow, after a miracle, this 12-year-old computer still works after being drenched in rain, and everything else was fine. But I did immediately buy a new backpack because I can't be having my backpack just fall open. It's a piece of junk anyway. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is I go inside, dripping wet with rain, full of rage. Throw it in my backpack. See, it's full of water. Rage fills up. The rage, my cup hath runneth over with rage. The lady at the desk is probably 22 years old. She's on the phone with someone else. She recognizes me. She, goes like, she says hi with her eyes, like one minute with the finger. I was like, yeah, all good. I go to the bathroom, dump the water out of my backpack and uh, take a handful of paper towels and, you know, dry off my face. My, my Inside my jacket, I'm sweating because it was also like a long uphill bike there. So I'm sweating on the inside, cold pneumonia, wind, wind burn and rain soaked in my hair and my eyes. My jacket's dripping onto the floor like I just pulled it out of a dysfunctional washing machine. 
I am ruining the floor there and wiping myself down and I am boiling. I'm like a kettle on the stove. I am steaming. You know that little like, that little whistle? It, I'm a whistling. I'm like a pan flute kid in an old, uh, an old English drawing of a campfire circus thing like the like people with the they're juggling the balls and there's a campfire and there's people playing with these little like weird skinny guitar banjo things and they have a kid who's like clicking his heels together and whistling like this little flute that's a me that's me i'm a whistling my little fiddle giddle and i could kill and my eyes are red with blood and rage and i go into the other room and i wait there i take my soaking wet jacket off and i hang it over a hook to make a puddle on the floor I take my soaking wet backpack and put it right next to it, put my laptop around a bunch of paper towels while I, while I wait for her, and I cool down. And then, she, and then she gets off the phone, and she goes, and she puts her mask back on, and she goes, how can I help you? And all of a sudden, when she turned around, how can I help you? When she just turns around in this friendly, how can I help you? The rage comes right back up, boiling, cup, cup runneth over. And I stood up, And I went over to the window, and there was a row of parked cars by the window, and I said, I need you to tell me what the hell sidelights are. And then she blinked a lot, and she goes, "Ah, I'm sorry, excuse me? I said, what the hell are sidelights? I was like, look, headlights, backlights, rear lights, fog lamps, hazard lights, indicator lights, where's a sidelight? What are sidelights? Sidelights aren't real. I was like, did you, I was like, did you know, did you know that your test had sidelights on them? Sidelights aren't real. What the, uh, and I really, I freaked out. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. I got put my hands up. I'm sorry. I'm freaking out. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm angry because I failed the test. And then she, she slumps down and she goes, oh, I understand. I was like, you don't understand. I was like, you don't understand. What are sidelights? And then I broke the question down for her. You have to go in front of a St. Andrew's class. What do you have to do? You have to stop here. You have to stop here. And you have to turn your sidelights on. And I was like, doesn't it seem clear to you that I answered the right question? She goes, yeah, it does seem. I don't, I, I don't know. And I was like, do you know what sidelights are? And she goes, I really don't know what those are. And I was like, how can you not know what they are? How can you not know? I was like, you're in the industry. You're in the, it's like I unlock some conspiracy at the top of a huge Silicon Valley industry, some like billion dollar company. And I'm the one in the side like, where are the green markings? There's no such thing. I felt like, oh man. I just felt completely, completely uh, help, like helpless there. I was so mad and I screamed and then I apologized and then I screamed some more and then I apologized and then I and then I proceeded to break down both questions and showed her how I missed it by one point. I was like, you know, that one I got half right and they killed this whole, the whole seven points. That one I got half right and they killed all four points. And then I really hammered the thing down of like, why would I have to watch the car in front after it's left my lane? And then she looks at it and she looks at me and she says, you know what? If I would have taken this test, I wouldn't have passed it either. And I was like, well, that really helps me. That's really great. It's good to know that you wouldn't pass a test that you're teaching people how to pass. That's awesome. And then I gave her more of my money. And she said, have a great day. And then I biked in the rain back home. And I shoved two slices of pizza into my face really fast and then immediately left back to, I think I had to go to the, yes, I had to go to the radio station to do a photo shoot for this mookbook thing.
So that was a real, that was the only good thing that happened that day. But I was so angry. I studied so much. I studied so much. Sidelights. What? What is a sidelight, man? I don't get... (sighs) Okay. So, I had another thing on my mind today. (laughs) I need a sip of water after that. I mean, that was really, that was like, you know, I needed 72 hours to, to cool down from that one. I mean, that was just such, that was my, I mean, boiling with rage. Boiling with rage. What is it, like, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Someone makes fun of Dennis's car too much, and he's like, I've held in my rage for too long, but now I must come down upon you with the, with the power of a thousand crushing waves. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Mm. So, I posted a video today. A a reaction video. Um there's this pretty funny Korean guy living I guess in Berlin, I would get I would yeah, I think so. And he makes um pretty funny German videos where he makes fun of things that he's observing living here. Um, there was one that went pretty viral in my, in, in my experience, like pretty viral for me where he, um, I mean, it's at, it's almost at a million views, which is really crazy. Um, he went to make fun of how the European windows are. Like when you, uh, when you close a door here, you have this crank handle and you can either crank the window up and it vents at the top, or you can crank it down and it locks the door or you can crank it to the halfway point and it opens like a normal door and that took me some time to get used to it's not that crazy but it just took me some time to get used to all the windows and doors doing that basically all over germany and probably all over europe and if you're not from europe at all that's just a totally new thing and uh, in that first video he makes fun of himself like trying to do the door and he thinks it breaks and he flies backwards and it's just funny it's just a really innocent video making fun of these crazy doors and um i did a reaction video for it and it did really well so i made another one and i released it today i guess yeah by the time you hear this it's already been out for a while and i react to him making note of a pretty important thing that germans do And that is that um, I would say 90% of old German people, and I'm saying old, and I'm being really, I'm trying to be fair here. I would say, because this, for me, 60 is not old, but it's from 60 to old. So in your head, whatever old is, it's a little older than that. So from 60 to old, you know, maybe even to death. Let's just say that. All the people, all the older German people in that range um, have a really bad problem with staring. Staring like they're Cyclops from the X-Men and they're trying to get through a forest. Just trying to like smooth out a tree line so they can get a clear shot at Magneto. And that's what it feels like. And it's, it comes in all shapes and sizes. It's sometimes an old lady who puts a pillow on her windowsill and sits there with her elbows under her chin and she stares because it's more entertaining than the TV. There are people that you see on the street and you are just walking to the train 
and you are not doing anything but minding your own business and they stare and they watch you. They watch you as if you were driving around in a flaming pink Maserati 300 kilometers an hour around a tight curve and there's like a children's school next door. I mean, they watch you like you're committing crimes and it's so weird. It's so weird and so many people do it here. So many people do it and I keep addressing it and it doesn't change. I don't understand why it's such a part of the culture. I finally got my parents-in-law to understand that they do it, to explain it to them and they were like, oh yeah, we do that. Oh, we love doing that. Just staring at people. And I don't mean people watching. People watching and staring at people that are just walking past you, staring at them as if they just took your wallet, are very different things. People watching, I do that all the time. I have a window in my apartment. There's windows in the car. If something looks interesting to me, if there's like a group of 30 people at a red light, I'm going to look at those people to see their interesting different behaviors. I'm going to be like, oh, that's an interesting outfit, or um, oh, that dude's bike tire's flat, or, you know, oh, that's, uh, look at that scar, or whatever. Just I'm going to notice people, because people do like to watch people. I'm not saying that it's like the worst thing in the world to, to watch people. But that's a different thing than what I'm talking about, which is you're on a sidewalk, your hands are in your pocket, you're looking straight ahead, and you're just walking to a cafe, and as you turn a corner, there's an older German person there, and you, and you glance over because you just noticed, oh, someone's there, and you meet eyes with them, and then you notice that they are staring you down as if they recognized you from a wanted poster for having raped the village, basically all of the people in the village. Yeah, they're staring at you as if you really committed like heinous crimes. And I don't know if they just all have this resting bitch face, but they also have this kind of this like grunty look to them, like, you're new looking. You look you look new and different. You're like you're not you're not from here. And the reason I'm bringing this up, the staring thing other than just another public service announcement in general is that I was um posting this uh Korean dude's video where he makes fun of the staring thing. And all I did was react to the video. I it's it's a duet video you're you're watching his and simultaneously you're seeing me react to it and i'm just putting on a funny face and being like yeah they do it all the time it's so true and just a you know between my normal german word videos i like to put in these reaction videos that have this connecting topic to to german life and uh because it's it's fun for me to do i like sharing people other people's content like it's all you know i i support like people making fun of germany basically <laughs> and um yeah, I posted it, and then immediately there was like three or four people that were clearly immigrants because they've commented different things before about immigration, and um, they completely understood. It was like instantaneous, four or five, six comments, like back to back to back that were like, you know, I, I've been here 10 years. I still get it all the time. Oh, uh, this happened to me this morning. I hate it. Oh, man, Germans, why do they do this? You know, and I was there thinking like, oh, this is good. So people are connecting to this. That's That's good because it is such a real thing for me in my life. And then the next thing was became this like this ocean of comments from the Germans. And they just instantaneously proved my point that the, that the Germans aren't aware that they do it. Because one person was like, I didn't get what happened. Like someone watched the video, which has subtitles, by the way. Like it, it it's like it can't be confusing for them to get 
what's happening, like aesthetically. Like it's not like watching a, a video with like 3D graphics and like a, a you know illusions and stuff. Where you're like, oh, I didn't get it. There was supposed to be a boat in this in these dots and circles. I didn't see it. Can we go back? It wasn't like that. It wasn't confusing. It's a very straightforward video where a guy is walking. And in the caption, it says, me walking down the street, minding my own business. And then he says, I feel something behind me. And he turns around and then he, it's a, it's him playing a staring German person. And it says in the caption, like German person staring at me. And then he, and then he cuts back to the guy and he's like, me thinking if I did something wrong, which is so real. And then it cuts back to the German person in a close up, him playing the German person. And it says like, continues staring. And it's just that short and sweet. It's like, you, you're walking, you see a person staring, you think like, am I wearing something weird? Did, are my shoestrings untied? You know, do I look crazy or something? Like, why are they staring so hard at me? And they just continue staring as you have this conversation with yourself. And in the comments for someone to say, I don't get it, I missed it, what happened? It's also a really stupid thing to comment alone on any video because, hey, watch it again. If you didn't get it, that's that's like a that's like a YP, not an MP. That's a YP, not an MP. That's a you problem, not a me problem. If you didn't get it, I'm sorry. I can't break it down anymore. These kinds of videos are essentially essentially adult Sesame Street videos. It's like, oh, hi kids, did you know staring is wrong? What do you mean, Big Bird? Well, when you're walking down the street and you ain't done nothing wrong and somebody's staring at you like they want you dead, well, hey, that's a little rude. Okay, Big Bird, yay, we learned not to stare. It's, ost- it's like ostensibly the same thing. It's the same thing. It's just in a more adult context. So if you didn't get it, that's a YP, not an MP. And also, there were comments like... um, yeah, well, let me, you know what? I'm going to just pull it up right now, homies. I'm going to pull this up right now because what I can't understand is why anybody would say that they don't get it. Hold on. I'm going to mute the sound here. Wait for it to start. There. Okay. So we got um, quite, so the caption that I put is, hey, Germany, stop that. Thanks. Um... So someone said, what are you guys complaining about? No one stares at me anymore. Now that's some real reason for complaints. Wait. Oh, maybe he's making a joke that no one no one looks at him anymore. Like no one Okay, that's not too bad. Maybe that's just a good joke. Um Wait. Someone writes, it's called the stare. They don't mean anything by it. Sometimes they are not even judging you. I combat this awkward situation by knowing that. I did nothing wrong, walking away from the situation so many times that it got normal. After three years here, she found herself sometimes staring too. And then she says, just own it. You're probably cute. That's why. Well, that's a very optimistic way to look at people staring rudely. Um, Someone says, people, especially older, stare at me in Norway too. Don't know if it's a weight shaming thing or whatever. I stare back. I also said, you're no wall decoration either once. Staring Staring person left. I want a t-shirt with that on it. Stare at yourself, you wall decoration. Um, 
Someone says, as long as they're only staring, there's no problem. Some of them decide to walk up to me and tell me how ugly I am with all my piercings and why the F I dyed my hair. That's annoying. Okay, yeah, that that's annoying. That's really, that's hyper rude. Um, so, okay, here we go. I, someone's name is like, they say, I seriously hate this. I get stared at all the time. What's up with that? Another person, they, they're clapping out all the time. And like, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we, we get this, right? And then we get to the, to the German people. I'm so confused. What is happening there? Okay, if you, again, that's a YP, not an MP. If you don't get the joke, if you don't get what's actually happening in the video, although it's explained out like a Sesame Street video, then that's your problem. I don't need you to comment. I don't need you to comment. <laughs> I don't get it. That, okay, cool. Another person. Wait, what happened? Exclamation point, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. What happened? I don't get it. Let's see. Someone replied there. Uh, someone, someone replied to her. Another person replied to her. Uh, nothing happened. It's just a thing old people do here. They start staring at everyone for no reason. It's also a real thing to see old people sit at the window the whole day watching everyone that pass by. It's not like the people passing by have done anything wrong. The old people just don't have anything to do the whole day, so they watch other people, and that makes them feel uncomfortable. Oh, okay, so he did just straight up break it down the right way. I thought he was going to say something else. Another person. Wait, what? What happened here? I don't get it. Another person. Okay, this never happened to me. I had no idea this is a thing. Oh, no. She says, I'm so sorry, guys. Okay, she's cool. Um, yeah, like another person. I'm German and I get annoyed by that too. So it's crazy. It's crazy. It, it happens so much. And then you still have people commenting. <laughs> and then you still have people commenting who are like, oh, wait, what happened? Um, I've never seen that before. I don't get it at all. I don't understand. Just proving the point of like, just... You know, I know, look, I know Americans are loud. I know they live in a bubble. I know that they um, don't think about like the outside world. I know that they, um, I mean, list it, you know, we eat unhealthy. We watch too much TV, you know, whatever, like throw it out there. I agree. What is it? I agree. Did you say that? I agree. Is there a thing about, I agree. We, we do it all. It's a big country. We do all, we all do, we do all kinds of shit. But Germans are so hard. There's a, there's a good bit of them. You know, I have to be I have to be have to be gentle here. There is a good amount of Germans that go like, you know what we do do that. And I see that with my friends. I see that with friends of friends here. I see that with people who comment like, of course there are Germans here who are like, man, <laughs> spot on, brother. That's crazy that we do that. But there's so many more who are like, I don't understand. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't, I've never seen that before in my entire life. I believe you're wrong, crazy American, for saying anything of the sort at all. That's what's, that's what's going on in all those old Germans' head. There's just an old, there's like a, an 85-year-old German man in an overcoat walking down the street. Hey, that guy looks different. Okay, I can't see him anymore. 
<laughs> Wait, was it? Da, da, da. That was doing La Cucaracha. <laughs> I'm sure that's definitely not in their heads. Oh my god, man. Uh, this, you know, this is why I, every once in a while, this is why every once in a while I have to do a solo episode. I have to get this stuff out of me. <laughs> I would love at this point to be like, to be like, oh, uh, I bet the La Cucaracha is going through the Germans' heads. This episode's brought to you by Manscaped. Get those clean-shaven balls that you've been trying to search for and, you know, whatever. Make it all nice and neat for the people that you want to show it to. Thanks, Manscaped.com slash farts. <laughs> oh, speaking of sponsors. Um, Segway. I had a conversation the other day with this great restaurant in Munich. Don't know if they're in any other cities yet, but in Munich, it's called Wing Nation. And they're really delicious wings. I, I told them, and I've told others, and I'll tell you the same thing, that they are pr like pretty much the best wings you can get in, in Munich. Um, no, they are hands down the best wings you can get in Munich. And they're really close to what just good American wings taste like. I think I want some wings tonight. But Wing Nation is delicious. They have like, I mean... I'm, I know my mom is listening, and mom, you would love these wings. I mean, I can't wait till you come up here in a couple of months because, uh, or no, it's a few months away, but we're going to get them wings. I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to get them wings, girl. <laughs> and yeah, we got to get those wings. They're delicious. Anyway, like they got fried wings with like Parmesan. They've got honey barbecue. They've got teriyaki. They've got um, just amazing food. Amazing, amazing food. It's really delicious. And they posted something on their Instagram story that was like, hey, we're looking for people. Oh, man, I'm looking at their Instagram stories right now. Those wings look so good. Damn. And they posted something like, hey, we're looking for people that are familiar with TikTok. We're trying to, you know, make some videos like for promo. And I was like, oh, that would, and my friend Gabby, thank you, Gabby, she sent me that story. And she's like, did you see, like, your favorite wing place wants someone to, um, you know, help them with their, with their marketing. I was like, oh, I would love to do that. I would love to make videos or help them make videos for their wings because I really love their wings. And so she sent it to me and I replied immediately. And I was like, hey, I'm very familiar with TikTok. I make several videos a week. You can check out my German word reels to get an idea. Like, I'd love to help you out. I'm a huge fan of your wings. I'm American. I'm from New Orleans and you're the only good wings in town. I also host like this weekly radio show called American Sunday where I'd be honored to advertise for you. Man, I would also love if, man, what if Wing Nation sponsored the podcast? That'd be so sick. So, so I said, let me know. And they responded like, ha, 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 Just watched your videos. They are hilarious. Thank you, Wing Nation. And they said, we would be honored to be featured in your radio show. That's pretty cool. And they said, we already found something for TikTok, but we will text you if it doesn't work out. So that was that was the only downside. I was like, oh, I would love to do videos like with them. And they already found someone to do their TikTok stuff. But hopefully, hopefully it doesn't work out for that person. Just, I got to poison their wings or something. And I said, okay, thanks a lot. Let me know about the TikTok thing. We should make a collaborative video or something. And they said, yeah, sure. We're always up into it. We're always open to collaborations. Let me know. And I said, sure. And then, yeah, we talked a little bit more about maybe something with Ego, but they haven't responded in a couple of days. So I don't know if that's teetering out or if they're just busy, but um, I would love to do something with Wing Nation because, you know, they're the bee's knees around here. 
And let me take a little look here. Oh, speaking of those German videos, what I wanted to make sure, like, if you watch these German word reels that I make um, from TikTok and from Instagram, if you like them, then make sure that you tell your friends that, and this is also, this goes for you and it goes for your friends and whoever you think might like them. Starting now, like, even before you hear this episode, like now, starting today, I have officially decided to open up this German word video, um, what do you call it? Like, this, this series. Like, you, I've opened up this series to um, personalized content for people who enjoy them. So let's say, for example, you want, you want me to make a video in the style of my German word videos for you to have just for you that you can either send um, like a word that you'd like, you know, shared to your, your mom, your dad, um, your, your sister, your brother, your, your wife, your, your, your husband, your boyfriend, your, um, you know, your partner, your kids, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, like your friends, your, your, your best buddy, you know, your enemy. You can now on, on my patreon.com slash Jordan Prince. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Jordan Prince. You can now either do a one-time, you can do a one-time payment on there. You can click that and you can hire me to make one to your specifications for you to use however you want. It can be that you want me to make um, a happy birthday video for somebody. Uh, a Christmas video for somebody can also be like, you know, Thanksgiving, Easter, it can be any occasion, a Valentine's Day, anniversary, whatever you want. It can be a video, and then we talk a bit, you know, we say like, what are some words, what are some things you have in common that you want me to talk about with this person, what are, you know, it's like, okay, hey, you know, hey Jordan, I want you to make a birthday video for for Sarah, and you know, she really likes these things, and these things, and these things. We also sometimes, this is our like funny word that we use sometimes when we do this stuff, and then I'll think of something, make you a video. If you approve, then you pay me the money. And I think it's a really a really fun way to connect to people that like this kind of video. And yeah, I'm excited to start doing that. So if you'd like your own personalized German word video, and I can also do English words too, I can also do English phrases. Basically, I can make videos for you. So if you want me to do one, go to patreon.com slash jordanprince and tell me what you want, and then we can get started. Just wanted to advertise that because I'm really excited about it, and I've already had a couple of um, people set up for it, so I'm, I'm really pumped to do it. Um, yeah, again, hopefully next week we've moved into video podcasting, so make sure to um, follow us. Yeah, basically keep up with us on Instagram. If you already do, we're going to be posting our new channels on there. We're going to have YouTube set up going to have a TikTok page, Facebook, all that stuff is set up now. So it should all be coming out um, end of April, early May. We'll start rolling out the clips and um, I'm really excited about that. And yeah, let me look at my time here. Yeah, I'd better go ahead and wrap this up. Um, all right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you had fun and hopefully next week we come to you in big old bright 3D. Thank you so much. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash jordanprince for 
supporting this show or for the German word videos and for much, much more. And you can pre-order my new album, Simple Swimmer, that drops June 18th. Listen, we've got a limited amount of these. So time is running out. People are pre-ordering. And if you want to get your very own CD, it also comes in a bundle with tote bags, uh, stickers, pins. If we get to a certain amount of pre-orders, we're going to start introducing hats. But you need to order soon. They are running out. And we want to make sure that everybody can get one. If it's requested, everything will be signed. And um, there's different bundles that include, um, you know, the vinyl from 12 Songs for 12 Friends, personal letters from me, you know, go for it, get whichever one you want. Of course, we offer just the CD alone if you'd like, but pre-order now so that you can get it as soon as it releases on June 18th, they'll go into shipping. And you want to make sure that you get one because I'm really proud of this record. The artwork is beautiful. And like I said, until touring starts up again, and that could be a long time, it could even be the rest of this year that I don't tour, um, you're going to want to get this record because it's limited and they are running out. So tell your friends, tell your mama, go pre-order it. The link is jordanprince.bandcamp.com. Jordanprince.bandcamp.com. Go pre-order it today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, yeah. What a wonderful episode. If you enjoyed today's episode and you like our show, please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a subscription or a review or a comment. It really helps new listeners find our show. You can also follow us on Instagram at artsyfartsyimmigrants. We're also now on Facebook and on YouTube. And on Twitter at Fartsy Artsy. No, at Artsy Fartsy Pod. <laughs> we changed it at Artsy Fartsy Pod. <laughs> Woo! So, uh, yes. And if you want to financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Jordan Prince and where you can submit for as low as $3 a month some money to help us get this show bigger and better just for you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Look out, baby. The Saints are coming. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.